The Just Janice podcast is part of the NRT Podcast Network. To find other great podcasts in the network, visit newreleasetoday.com. Be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Just Janice Podcast. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice Podcast. I am your host, Janice. And we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I am so excited for today's episode because I always am excited to get on here and talk to you, encourage your hearts in the Lord, get into the word, pray with you, all the things that I love in my podcast. So I'm so thankful that you guys are tuning in. And it's just such a joy to be able to get on here and encourage your hearts. And that is why I do what I do and why the Lord has me continuing with the podcast and and uh, keep it on, keep it on. So I have not recorded and released an episode in a few weeks just because I have been crazy under the weather. And I've told the Lord since I started this podcast, and a lot of you know this already, but I've told him, if you don't give me something to talk about, I'm not recording. And so I have stuck with that, even though, you know, for algorithm and consistency sake, like it's so important to continually put out content, but I very much weigh the words that I release heavily and know that I'm accountable for them. And so if I don't feel like I have something from the heart of God, I I don't record because I don't want to speak anything or say anything that is not necessary. So Anyway, today's episode, um, I have a couple ideas rolling around in my heart, so we'll see where the Lord leads with it, but I really have just a message of stop making excuses on my heart today. So a lot of you know that I have recently, uh, my most recent ministry endeavor has been Stirred Up Ministries, and before that I did a middle school youth ministry, and before that I did women's ministry, and before that I did youth ministry. I've had my hands in a lot of pots over the years, so to speak, and it's been such a joy and an honor just to do what's on the heart of God for me in every season of my life, and I stay very intentional with seeking Him and knowing that I am going to only do what He calls me to do, and I'm only going to do it for as long as He calls me to do it. And as I stepped out into these things, I've had a lot of people say, well, like, how do you, how do you, how do you just step out and how do you do it? And it's really like, ultimately, it's just my heart to be obedient to the Lord, mostly more than anything, but it's the boldness of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. And just the confident trust I have in him to know that if he's calling me to do something, it's not, it's not ever about us. It's not about me. It's about the people that he has called me to impact. And so I want to be obedient because we never know what the fruit of our obedience is. And that is for me, drawing people closer to the heart of God, inspiring people to fall in love with the word of God and, and just to be lovers of his presence and, and and his word and all those things. And that's really my heartbeat always and everything I've done. But just knowing like there are people at stake in our obedience. Like if we don't step out and do the things God's called us to, I firmly believe he's going to reach people one way or the other. But I want to be a conduit of 
him, of the Holy Spirit and someone that he uses to reach people, to make an impact, to advance the kingdom of God and push back darkness. And so I just continue to say yes to him in every season. A lot of you know that I am stepping into a new ministry endeavor, which is called Metro World Child. Check it out, metroworldchild.org. And I'm really excited to get to travel the country next year and just visit churches and minister to them and share the heart and vision of Metro World Child. And the Lord has already been speaking to my heart that it's so much bigger than just that. It's so much bigger than just going to the churches and sharing the heart and vision of the ministry. And while that's like the key that gets us in the door, so to speak, and it's it's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm also believing that I'm going to churches to minister to the hearts of individuals and to release timely words of breakthrough at churches and to congregations and, and everything. And so I don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but that is the life of faith. I heard someone say this the other day, and I've heard it before too, that the opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is sight. The Bible says that that faith is the evidence of things hoped for and the substance of things unseen. So when we see something and it becomes a reality in our lives, it's not faith anymore. It's sight. And so the opposite of faith is sight. And so we can step out in the unknown, not knowing how it's going to look, not knowing how it's all going to pan out, but just trusting that his heart for us is good, that his plans for us are only ever good. And he always goes before us in all things. And he prepares the way he makes a way and he is so good. And I remind myself of that all the time. He is forever faithful and always for me. And so I want to talk about not making excuses. I I, uh, flip my Bible open to Jeremiah here. And it says, and I'm sorry, I sound stuffed up because I am getting better in Jesus name. I'm getting better. And I've, I've had such an attack. I know a lot of you have heard this already, but this entire year, I think I've lost my voice like five times. I'm, I feel like I'm constantly battling with being sick and then I feel well for not long and sick. And it's just, it's just crazy. So I'm praying for anyone else who is struggling with sickness and illness this year, just healing (laughs) over all of us. We receive it in Jesus name. So In Jeremiah, in the first chapter, I love this. I love this. I'm going to just read it to you guys. Starting in verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. So here he's speaking this word to Jeremiah. He's saying, Before you were ever even in the womb of your mother, I sanctified you. I set you apart. I knew you and I called you for a purpose. And we know what the word says, even in the New Testament, it says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So all of us have been created by God and for a purpose. And so I encourage you take time after you listen to this podcast, take time even over the next few days or whatever to just sit with the Lord and say, God, what is my purpose? I believe a lot of us have a lifelong purpose, a calling that will forever be our calling. I know certain things that I'm called to do that I know I'll be called to do for the rest of my life. But then there are seasonal callings where God is calling us to do something for a season, like how I did middle school youth ministry. I just did that for two years. That was just a seasonal thing. And it had a plan. Uh, God had a plan and a purpose in that, but it wasn't a forever thing. All right, I'm going to continue on with verse six. It says, then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. So right away we find Jeremiah, one of the greatest prophets. He's a major prophet in the Bible. We know there's minor and major prophets in the Bible. He's one of the major prophets. And immediately the Lord tells him, he gives him this 
boost of confidence and courage and this confirmation that he's called him to do these great things. And his response is, oh, Lord God, behold, I can speak. I'm a youth. So right away, we find Jeremiah making a mistake, uh, an excuse, not a mistake. He's making an excuse for himself to not step out into what God's called him to. And it says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. So his excuse was met with God lovingly because he always does rebuking him. And we know that the kindness of the Lord is what leads us to repentance and repentance is a turning away from one thing or a mindset to to another. And I can so relate to Jeremiah here because a few years ago I had several people start speaking to me about a calling and an anointing on my life to speak. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> at first it's like, okay, yeah, I don't see that happening. Like I love to talk. Anyone who has known me for any length of time can testify to the fact that I love to talk, but but a calling to speak in front of people, yeah, that's a whole other gamut. That's a whole other ball game. And so I was just very reluctant to believe that. And I would constantly say, just like Jeremiah made his excuses here, I would constantly say, I'm not a, I am not a speaker. I'm a writer. If people want to hear from me, they can read what I write. They can read my blogs. Eventually they can read my books, which now I've released two books, praise God, and some booklets and things. But that was kind of where I was at with that. I was like, if people want to know what I have to say, they can read my, read my writing. And as I was reading the word one day, the Lord kind of did what he did right here to Jeremiah. He did it to me. And as, as I was reading in Psalms, it said, he has given me the tongue of a ready writer. And immediately when I read that, it's like when you're in the word and that word just leaps off the pages at you, that is what happened to me in that moment. And the Lord spoke to my heart, stop saying you're not a speaker. I've called you to speak. You will speak. And so I started confessing that scripture over myself. God has given me the tongue of a ready writer. I can speak as well as I can write. I can communicate clearly through my speaking because somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line of my life, I had bought a lie and believed it and let it settle in my heart that I was not called to speak. And here God has called me to speak so many times over the last few years, especially as sharing my testimony or teaching the word of God, doing Facebook lives and YouTube things and all sorts of things. And obviously this podcast, and I was sitting on a lie, believing it. And that lie was a hindrance for me to step out into the truth of what God was calling me to. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus to anyone who's listening to this, that God would begin to shine light on any lies that have settled inside of your heart that is causing you to be held back, stopped, slowed down, hindered in any way, shape or form from the call of God on your life. Because the reality is every single one of us has a call on our lives. Every single one of us has something to contribute to this world. And I know so many people who just go through life and we don't even know. We don't even know what our giftings are and we don't recognize them. I, I think of so many times I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the greatest gifts God's given me is the ability, and I believe all of us can function in this, but the ability to see the gifts that are inside of other people that sometimes they don't even see. And it has amazed me how many times that I've called those things out and people have been like, well, it's just like, it's not a big deal. It's just like who I am or whatever. And it's like, no, no, like the world needs what you carry. The world needs what you have. And so it's so easy to just minimize the gifts that God's given us. And, um, and and not think that much of it. And so immediately as I'm 
as I'm processing all of this, even right now, I'm thinking about 1 Corinthians 12, and I want to read this starting in verse 12. This is so good. And an extra boost of encouragement for your heart to know that God has something for you. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Now listen to this. This is so good. I love the word of God. Okay, so it says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole, excuse me, body were an eye, where would be the hearing? I said that. If the whole were hearing where would be the smelling. But now God has set the members, each one of them, hear this, God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Oh my gosh. And I I encourage you to finish reading through that chapter. Read all of chapter 12. Read all of the Bible. I just love all of it. But I love that because it says God puts us in the body where we belong. And there's a scripture and it's somewhere around here. i somewhere in this area of the Bible. And it says that uh, when we compare ourselves one to another, we are foolish, we are stupid, depends which which version you read. And it's like, my goodness, how much of my life have I spent looking at other people and thinking, wow, I wish I, I, wish I had what they had. I wish that I did this or could do that or and you know and it's it's a fine line between admiring someone's giftings calling it out encouraging building one another up to becoming jealous and we know jealousy is a work of the flesh read about that in Galatians 5 not good not good at all it's so important that we walk according to the spirit and not the flesh it's just it's a it's a fine line that you we have to tread lightly and be careful with that because we want to be able to build one another up and encourage one another and say, Hey, I see this in you and I love this about you and I want to see you flourish in your gift, but we have to stay in our own lanes too and stop making excuses for ourselves. And and a lot of times that's so easy to do with excuses, and I've done it myself, when we see someone else doing the same thing that we're called to do. It's so easy to be like, why? Why would I need to lead worship when someone else can sing better than I can? Why would I need to start a podcast when there are so many podcasts out there? No one needs to hear what I have to say. It's probably already been said a million ways. How am I going to say anything fresh and relevant that hasn't been said before? All the things. All the things. And you guys can probably think of your own excuses. But now looking back, like with my podcast, I have had a lot of plays in almost 30 countries. And it's like... I was able to share the truth of God's word. I was able to to share his love, to encourage the hearts of listeners with this podcast in a way that only I can. And that is just a revelation the Lord gave me a few years back is that no one can minister to people. No one can impact this world in the unique way that I can because God has given me a unique audience. He's given me a unique personality. He's given me a unique way to communicate his heart. And so I want to continue saying yes to him. I want to see my brothers and sisters in Christ, ones that are even doing the same things I am. I'm getting ready to step out next year into launching a life coaching business, which is like new, new 
news. I have not like publicly announced that. So if you listen to my podcast, you're kind of getting first dibs on hearing that. But like that would be that would be another thing for me to say, God, really? Like, am I hearing you right? Or is this just me? Because there are so many amazing life coaches out there. But that's not the that's not the way I'm choosing to respond to the call that God's given me. I'm choosing to say, oh my goodness, I have been connected over the last few years with some of the best female Christian life coaches. What a setup of God. I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to glean from their wisdom because they've gone before me. I'm going to learn from them. And I know that God's giving me unique blueprints with my business and what he's calling me to do, but I can learn from them and I can grow from them and I can hear their heart on their take on the business and, you know, all those things. And it's just so cool to be able to join the ranks with them versus seeing each other as competition or, you know, trying to one up one another. I pray that if you have any bit, and me too, (laughs) any bit of competition in your heart in whatever field God's calling you into, that God would completely eradicate that out of you because it's it's not godly. And so it's just important. And even like I think about like with the book writing and all of that. And like I said earlier, I've released a few books and, and done some things and booklets and blogs and all of that. And I'm not the only one that has done that, but thank God, because we all have our own sphere of influence that we need to reach. And it's so important that we stop making excuses. And you guys have probably heard this quote a million times because it is my favorite quote and it's by Irma Bombeck. And it's, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left. And I could say, I used everything you gave me. And when I stand before him, I don't want to, I don't, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, but I want to hear him say, you did everything. You did everything that I called you to. And not only did you do it, you did it with excellence and you did it without hesitation. You did it with joy. Like I want the work of the Lord that I do and that I do in life. I want it to be a joyful work. Yes, it is. It is hard. It is. There's so much spiritual warfare that happens when we're stepping out and there's, and it, it can be exhausting. I can't tell you how many times I have gotten home after an event and just, put my car in park and lean my head back and said, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. It's emotionally, physically, mentally draining when you're really pouring out all the time. And and I remember one time specifically, I always back into my driveway because it kind of feels like valet parking in the morning when I come out. My car is like parked on that side so I can just pop right in. And I remember back into my driveway, throwing my car in park and putting my head back and just taking in a deep sigh and saying, God, I will spend my life for this. I will spend my life for this to know him and to make him known, to reach the hearts of people, to share my story, to share the parts of my story that maybe aren't so glamorous because a lot of people do see me and they're like, oh, she's just the happy girl and she's all those things. But if you haven't read Slay in Singlehood or heard me speak at events or whatever, like you probably don't know the depths of my story. And even in that, no one fully knows my story because you can only share so much at a time, but I have been through some hard things. All of us have. That's just life. The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust, whether we're living for God or not. Good things happen. Bad things happen. It's just life. Part of being in a broken world, part of living in a fallen world, but he is so good and faithful. And so when I can go out there and I can share my story 
and be vulnerable. There's so much value in being vulnerable and vulnerability. Be real, be authentic, just be who God made me to be. I have not always been able to do that. I have hidden who I really am depending who I'm around. And it's not like I wanted to be this chameleon Christian, so to speak, but it's it's because of the fear of man. The fear of man will hold you back. The Bible says fear of man is a snare. And I've seen so many times, like looking back, I, I can remember so many times where I've been in situations where I just was not free to be me. I was not free to be who God made me to be. And I minimized who I was because, I don't know, I guess I just wanted people to love or accept me or I felt, or maybe even around certain people that um, just couldn't handle (laughs) me in the fullness of my glory um, (laughs) and who God made me to be. But I've really just gotten to this place where, and it's not being rude at all, but just like, I am who I am. And I heard a quote a few years ago. It's not a scripture. It's just a quote that says, I would rather be loved for who I am or hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. And so just learning to figure out who I am, to figure out how I tick and understand myself and, you know, the whole self-discovery journal <coughs> journey. But, <coughs> excuse me. Just being who God made us to be. I think that's so important that we all show up. We all show up authentically, be who God made us to be, that we don't hide our story. And I will tell you, I've had so many people. I can't even tell you how many people have said to me, if you knew what I've done or if you knew what I've been through, you would not view me the same. And I understand people are critical. People are judgmental. Obviously, I mean, I just got done talking about how I felt like I had to shrink back so often, but I can genuinely say that when I hear people's story, the only thing it does is move me with compassion, want to see them healed and whole, and walk in the freedom that Christ died to give them. But I don't see people differently. And I just, I pray that all of us would be that way where we could just really be a safe haven for people. And that is one thing that I want to always be is a safe haven for people. When they come around me, they feel like they can let their walls down. They can just be real and just know that I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to be judgmental. That does not mean that we don't call people up higher. That does not mean we don't challenge people to holiness and to be set apart, but come as you are. I had a mentor a few years ago that said that we are called to be fishers of men. If you read the New Testament in the gospel books, we see where Jesus called the disciples to be fishers of men, which was relevant for them because they were fishermen. And so he's like, hey, yeah, you were fishing for fish before. Now you're going to fish for men. And so I heard my mentor say a few years ago that we are called to catch the fish, but God is the one who cleans people up and we cannot change on our own. We can't. Otherwise, we're just in a in a rut of behavior modification. And eventually, if you don't deal with the root of what's going on in your heart, and in what's caused the behaviors and all that, then it's just going to come back. You're just going to throw a sheet over it, but eventually it's going to, it's going to, it's going to come out. And so I love Romans 12 too. It's one of my favorites. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And our mind can only be renewed through the word of God. We see in Ephesians where it talks about the, the wife and the husband and how the wife, how the husband is to, to, um, wash his wife with the water of the word. And we're all, if you are a believer, if you're born again, Christian, you are the bride of Christ and he washes us with the water of his word. And I had a vision a few years ago. I just love the Lord. Every time I get on here and record, I literally say, God, 
take this where you want. So I was talking about making excuses and we were going in a whole nother direction, but I just want to be led of the Lord. So that is what we're going to do. So I had a vision a few years ago and it was like a, a wedding dress. It was like suspended in the air and it had like dirt stains all over it. And I saw the Lord um, washing the dress. And as he was washing it, it was cleaning the dress. It was becoming white and radiant. And at first I was like, oh, is he like washing it with like rags? Is he washing it with like a sponge? Like what's going on there? And then as I looked closer in his hand, it was actually wet pages of the word of God. And his word is living. It is active. Jesus is the word and he is the living water. And so all all correlates there. But it was like, oh my gosh, like when we come to him, like the prodigal who just got done rolling around in the mud, when he got home, he was not cleaned up before he came home. But yet the father met him and he said, go get my best robe, get my sandals, put my signet ring on his finger. He did not say to his son, go in, shower, clean up, and then you could put my clothes on. No, he just wrapped his best wardrobe on him, said, kill the fatted calf, we're having a party. And um, that is what he did. And so when we come to him and we're a born again Christian, we're a new believer, that dress we have on may not look it may look ratty. It may look torn up, whatever. But he is so committed to us. He is so committed to purifying us, to washing us with the water of his word. And that is why it is so important that we are in the word of God. And I will tell you guys, as someone who advocates for the word of God, who talks about the importance of the word of God, there are seasons of life that I've gone through even recently, very recently, where it has been a struggle bus <laughs> to get into the word just because I just haven't felt like it. It's it's nothing more than that. It's just, that's just my confession to the world that the Bible girl, the girl who loves the word of God has not felt like being in the word, but I make myself get in even when I don't feel like it. Even if it's getting on audio on the Version Bible app and just hitting play while I'm getting ready in the morning, or even if it's sitting down, opening my word and saying, okay, God, I've got nothing in me. And a, and a lot of that too has just been because I've been struggling so much with sickness, but I will open the word and I will just find, just give me one scripture, God, that I can chew on for the whole day or whatever. It is just so important that we stay rooted and grounded in the word of God, because there is so much false teaching out there. There is so much deception in the world today. It's always been there, but I just feel like it's so heightened lately where people are trying to mix truth with with untruth and mix religions and mix teachings. And okay, you could be a Christian, but you can also dabble in this and that. And it's like, no. And there's so many times like I'll hear people say something and I'm like, that is that is not biblically accurate. And so it's important that we know the word for ourselves, that we're sitting under sound teaching. I pray that you have leadership who is committed to teaching the word of God in accuracy and excellence. And I mean, we can all, there are times, you know, that, you know, we don't always all get it right all the time, but who's just, just leadership that's committed to the word of God, loves the word and encourages you to be in the word. If you are under leadership that tells you that you can only know the word through them, that is cultish and incorrect. <laughs> and I encourage you to get a good Bible, reach out to me. I would love to connect with you and get you a good Bible, help you find a good Bible, whatever. It is so important that you know this word for yourself. And that is not so that you can go listen to teachers and and nitpick what they teach or anything like that at all. It is just so that you know the word of God, so that that sword in your 
armor, which you can read about in Ephesians, when you have that armor on, that sword is sharp. It's going to be dull if you don't, if you are not in the word. And we know that the sword of the spirit in the armor is the word of God. And so it's, it's not going to be sharp if, if you're not reading the word. And so it is such a vital part of our, our warfare wardrobe. And yeah, it is so important. I could talk for hours and hours and hours about the importance of the word of God, but I just pray that if you are going through a season or have been in a season where it's just been a struggle that God would put a new hunger and a thirst and a fervency inside of you for his word. And I pray that for myself too. So I'm going to go ahead and close out this podcast because I feel like I have said everything I need to say, but just know that God has placed you in the body of Christ where he pleased for you to be. And I pray that if you're not sure what that is or where that is or how you fit, that God would really reveal that to your heart because it's so important that we are all doing what we're called to do to advance the kingdom, push back darkness, and just continue to say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Father God, I thank you so much for this episode. God, I speak life and blessings over every single person who will tune in to this episode. God, I pray that you would strengthen them. God, strengthen them with might in their inner man, Lord. I pray that you would infuse their hearts with encouragement. I pray against the spirit of discouragement and just the spirit of heaviness that anyone who is listening to this episode God is dealing with. I break that off them right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that you are doing a new thing in this new season, God. And as we enter into the new year, God, I pray that you would give every single person a vision for their life, uh, just a a strong awareness of their calling, God, and what where they fit in the body of Christ. All of it, God, you are so good. You are so faithful. You go before us in all things. And so, God, I pray for a courage and a boldness to step out into what you've called us to. God, I pray that we would stop making excuses. We would stop delaying being obedient to you. God, I pray that we would be quick to obey. Lord, I pray that all of our ears would be completely open to hear what the Spirit is saying. God, that we would walk in step with your Spirit and that we would do everything in love. God, that we would do everything in love. Love, have your way in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.